Welcome back, friends, to Visions Veiled and Violent. Last episode, we followed our merry band of young Carnivale folk as they fended off a mad bear threatening a carriage of innocent civilians. While the spellcasters tricked the beast into chasing an illusory vision off into the woods, my character, the sarcastic rogue Luthander, took credit for saving the life of a local noblewoman's child, earning the town's favour. Our group then ventured into the woods to find what might have provoked the bear's attack, only to discover the wreckage of a moonshine operation with signs of sinister ties to the local thieves' guild. Among the ruins, we discovered a crude treasure map. Hoping to find riches before the onset of winter, our band ventured forth to follow the trail, only to be interrupted as a local townie demanded our friend Jericho as his prize for winning the Carnivale wrestling match. With that, Back to the show. When last we left off with the the Zatis of the Blue Veil Troop, they had rescued heroically a young noble boy from being attacked by a strange drunken bear by using their subterfuge and guile to trick it in a way to totally disarm the combat encounter that had been lovingly crafted by Gooey Cube Game Company. But instead, uh, after being rewarded for their bravery, they were able to follow down the trail left by the bear, chasing after the mischievous young Tot uh, Vezi to find a mysterious shack that looked like it was being used by moonshiners bearing the symbol of a sinister-looking local crime syndicate. Upon the completion of their investigation, they found a map leading to some other potentially valuable drop site at an old well marked by the smugglers. When they returned, though, to the Carnival, they found that one of the local toughs who'd entered the wrestling competition was quite belligerent that he was not receiving the prize he had hoped for upon besting some of the local Hanataz champions, and that it seemed that he would only be consoled by the hand of Jericho. So with that, we pick up the scene with the young Zadis as they see this large, surly-looking, mashed-in-face local man who's bested several other wrestlers in the field, now shouting loudly uh, that someone bring him the Purple Woman. I want to break it! Please. I don't know if we need to break it quite yet. Uh, oh. Honestly, I don't really know what uh, Jericho's feelings are on this matter. <laughs> Jericho, like, shrugs. She, like, sidles up to this fellow, like, gives him, like, a kind of a up-and-down glance. He returns the glance with a, a glimmer of, of some hopeful feeling in his dull, bloodshot eyes. I, I just give everybody else the thumbs up. The, the man extends his hands in a symbol of victory, shouting as loudly as he can across all the assembled tents, uh, looking like little pieces of candy died out along this frosty field. Ha! That's right, Shizat. Nevermore. Far stronger than anyone the Hanataz can throw my way. Little Vezi perks up and says, Oh, that's not true. I know Ottawale is way tougher than you. I like you now. I liked you before, but I really like you now. <laughs> Alwali will take heavy steps as he walks up. I am quite sure of my strength. So the big man clasps his hands together and loudly pops his knuckles one by one as he gives you a gnarled, gap-toothed sneer. That's so, Shazat? No, no, my name's Adwale. I don't know who Shazat is, but... The Shazat is a common slur for the Hanataz. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> Entirely fair. I didn't know that. It's good. Jericho's going to gasp and then, like, reach in, reach in her bag and start, like, eating, like, nuts and berries. Just, like... Trail mix you had stuff back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to watch the show. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the local tough angles back. It was big bulky muscles rippling as he gets up in the Irish boxer stance. All right, Shazat, let's dance. Before this all goes down, Adwale will look at Borag and kind of as like as a 
look of a, like questioning for approval to absolutely pummel this man. So Borag's actually on the other corner of the wrestling field, wrestling three other dudes for money. Before Etawale starts pummeling this dude, Moore's gonna um, roll her eyes at this whole show and walk over to Etawale and put her hand on her shoulder, his shoulder and just say, Can you Don't. reach that high? <laughs> Maybe your lower arm. Don't <laughs> embarrass us. And I'm gonna cast guidance on you. Oh, I feel good and tingly. <laughs> Let's dance. So as, uh, as as Moore reaches up to put her hand on Adewale's shoulder, she briefly feels a hand on her shoulder. I will tentatively look behind me. There's nothing there. This is going really well. Moore just kind of rolls her shoulders back and... <clears throat> um. Okay, and just she's gonna just not even acknowledge that, and just go find a seat next to maybe Jericho, and just without even asking, just reach into the bag of trail mix that you now have, and just start munching on it. No, oh, I very, very much so proffer them willingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That wall is gonna start the show, and just before like Nevis just runs up, and, you know, kind of looks for you to come down, and you have to bend way down for him to whisper in your ear. Hospital, yes. not morgue. Hospital, not morgue. You can do this. Hospital, not morgue. <laughs> okay. As uh, as Adewale sidles up to the ring, little Vezi skips over to the ringside and does jazz fingers with her hands to the crowd and says, I was raised by the camp seer, Mother Salvenza, and I've seen that after a great battle, this local man might actually defeat the Hanata's champion, but I'm willing to wager a Silva that Adewale is going to win anyway. You see the, the locals look at, look around, look to her, and start loudly tossing silver chips over towards the, <laughs> the person taking bets in the corner of the ring. I'm going to like do like a kind of pastiche uh, like voice where it's like I, I use um it's like embarrass whom you know like and like and I, I keep eating my nuts. Edwalla, knowing that's from Jericho, from the absolute difference in voices, was like, okay, I'm going to smash your face in. All right, then. So, Edwalla, it is that time to roll initiative. Oh, that's cool. This is our, this is first initiative roll. This is the first initiative roll. Yeah. 18. 18. Ooh. There we go. Nice. nice. Okay, um, all right. Let's see what we get here. And the local tough gets 17. You beat him. Yes. Edwal is going to charge at at the local big guy and grab his face with his right hand, put his right foot behind him, and try to push him to throw him to the ground with one arm while tripping him with his uh, leg. Just a, a, a leg sweep to smash him down in the dirt of the wrestling pit? Yes. That sounds pretty slick. Uh, make an athletics check on that. Oh boy, 21. <laughs> Plus guidance. Oh, yeah. Sugar snap. 24. For posterity's sake, the GM reminding a player of guidance for once. <laughs> <laughs> 24 total. A 24 total. Let's see if he has any chance of resisting that. And the answer is no. So, to the gasp of the crowd, particularly the horrified citizens of Nevermore who just chipped in Silva to, to match the bet with young Nezi watches this man built like a brick wall goes face first wham prone into the dirt in front of you Adewale will stand up and put a heavy foot on his back and just give the biggest Aah! I make the same noise from the audience Make it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. excellent, excellent work. And so, uh, can so I, while, while this is all happening, just, just if it's relevant, Nate, um, I'm watching everything except them fighting I'm, as best I can. Luthander would be worried about sneakiness elsewhere or uh, things that might be creeping up on us. Okay, um, okay. No, no, that's uh, as a matter of fact. So, Luthander, make a perception check while you do that. Our what, first what, one. what you got, Phil? What, what, Natural what, 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 one. There it is. Oh, hey. oh, yeah. Natural one. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that I, like, 
trip over face first into some mud and yeah. So so uh so, so it's an eight with my modifier. Eight. I mean hey, that's you know, every, every little bit counts. Thanks. Yeah. While the crowd is, is totally fixated on the, the fight going on, Lathander is, is looking around. You are so fixated, as a matter of fact, on trying to find anything around you that might be unusual or something that's out of place or a, a threat lingering somewhere that you happened to totally not notice that there is a aquamarine-skinned woman wearing an eye patch and a pirate hat standing right behind you. That's easy to miss. I mean... <laughs> that's it's like a camouflage outfit. Yeah, I'm looking at that image now, Nate. That's, uh, that's very noticeable outfit. Hmm. But not noticeable because you, were, you, were, you missed the forest for the trees, or in this case... The, the, the blue-skinned merwoman pirate with one one eye and uh, a gold chain coming out of her nose happens to slip past your gaze there, Lathander, but... Can I just say my defense to the group? Anyone would have missed that. I mean, <laughs> she just blends in perfectly. Especially an- with, the, with the staff lean. Um, another yeah, day at the carnival. Right. Yeah. Another day. Edwall is going to do a little monologue here. Well, as, as Edwall's monologue, this guy's going to just trying to throw you off. God. He rolled oh, I gotta make a roll for that, eh? <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. So he so he struggles thrashing, cursing loudly, saying things that you can't say in a family friendly podcast about your 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 people and your, your parentage. Uh, but he is unable to get your boot off of his back. I am Ad Wally Stormbringer. Raised in the mountains by storm giants themselves. None can match my might, such as this man on the ground beneath my boot. He's just, the, the, the man is just now sobbing into the dirt with the embarrassment at being totally clowned by Atawale as the, the locals cast some very ill-favored looks in the direction of, of, of Uzadis in general. Young Vezi in particular, as she's scoops up a, a handful of silver coins and begins skipping merrily over towards the confectionery wagon where they're selling all the candy. <laughs> a little bugger. <laughs> Bless her heart. Jericho, do you still have any interest in a date with this uh, fellow later on, or do you not date failures? Jericho actually looks pretty concerned. Um, maybe they feel bad for him. Is he still being grounded into the, under a boot right now? That depends on Atawale. Are you still standing on him? Firmly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like hop. Can I hop into the ring? Just sure. Just, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, pull the the thing up and just like, kind of like kneel down next to this fella and pat him on the head and be like, you tried. <laughs> he cranes his neck up. You know, he's got his right cheek is smeared with dirt. A little line cut through it with his tear as he, he blubbers. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to give him my... Uh, just, I'm gonna just... You already gave him a scarf last week. Mm, I'm going to give him one of my little frilly things. I've got, I've got a bunch of these, actually. So I'm going to yank it off and just kind of like set it on his head. Please, you drape this frilled cuff over his head as this man weeps all the harder. Humiliation and a wellspring of emotion that he's buried under years of emotional scar tissue from toxic masculinity. <laughs> the whole crowd is in a stunned silence, not quite knowing how to process the scene. All right. Um, Ed Wallace is going to take his boot off of him and attempt to lift him up. Also, um, just lift him up and put him on his feet. He lifts him up, sets him on his feet. You may not be stronger than I, for I fear none are, but you have your merits. When we come around here, this area again, I trust you will be stronger next time. I look forward to your challenge. The, the, man, the man, man sniffles and, and nods, and next time I'm just going to kick you straight in the balls. Oh, I got balls <laughs> of steel. Jericho's going to take his hand and, like, just be like, just kind of gesture, like, to kind of lead him off the ring. Just like, come on, buddy. Get, get, get out of the limelight. Over. 
Yeah. Adwa is going to look at Nevitz, wherever Nevitz is. He's like, I did it. I did I did it. As you celebrate with Nevitz, see that coming up from the other corner of the wrestling pit, Borag has just thrown off the other local challengers who are trying to take him three at a time, sauntering over to where Adewale and Nevitz are, having caught the, the last bit of that exchange and see him cross his big, meaty gray arms that are tough like rhinoceros skin, and he nods in approval. Young Zatis do well. Borag Vegla, proud Prentas today. This what I mean when say you're chosen for a reason to protect group. Borag, I did my first wrestle. I won. Yes. So, next challenger, fetch higher price. Remember, strength come many four. Anataz need all of them. He gives a, a, a look down to Nevitz, hoping to impart a message of wisdom to the young fellow. Uh, Nevitz nods, and he looks up. Rafter Borag, in addition to his strength, you also say opportunity comes in many forms. There's an opportunity, perchance, for our group to pick up a, a drop site from some nefarious thieves' guilds locally before we depart with the Carnival. Would it be all right if we forego our security responsibilities around the Carnival to pursue this and try to bring the, the fortunes back to Bluevale Troop before we depart? Borag, give a little chuckle and, and show you the, the best smile he can manage with his big square face and his tusks, and he says, awesome. Yes, even Zatis need chance to have fun and adventure. Borag, Borag, keep eye out. Go do errand. Make sure come back before too many bells. Crowd only going to get bigger before we let final curtain fall on performance. And that is when we will need you the most. And now it looks to the, the group to see if we're all kind of in alignment that we want to jog off and complete this uh, potential payoff. As Nevitz turns to look and see Lathander there uh, with this strange blue pirate woman there, a, a full head shorter than Lathander. She looks at it, up at him with a little sniff like she's sizing him up. Are there, you You look like you're reliable and a bit dull. Here, I have a task for you. She takes out of her cloak with a this big flourish, this wrapped cloth bundle that's tightly wound with this corded string. And she presses it into Lathander's stomach and says, hold on to this. Don't lose it. Don't break it. Don't open it. It's here when I get back. I got a reward for you. Uh, Luthander says, wait, you're going to have to tell me more than that. I can't. I can't just accept the package. I don't know what's in it. She says, I sure you can. As she tosses the package at your ch- at your face, like you have to either catch it or let it hit you in the face, and then turns on her heel and begins walking into the crowd. <laughs> so my, my options are literally to catch it or let it hit me in the face. You could try to dodge it, I suppose. But, uh, but you've got a package come at your face, Luthander. I mean, I am extremely alert, as noted by me, uh, my lookout skills. Could, could Jericho be standing, standing like right behind him and like catch it when when he dun- <laughs> jumps out of the way? Jericho can, sure. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, one of us is clearly catching it. We got a package. What do we want to do with it? What, Lothander, are you? So you're going for the, for the dodge option? I think he would catch it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't dodge it. I don't know if he'd be happy to do what's being asked. Lathander, as you grab this this wrapped cloth package, it's surprisingly heavy, and even though it's tightly bound, you can hear something metal on metal rubbing inside of it with that, with that little, that distinctive metal grinding sound of, of things that are solid rubbing against each other. That's great. And should I, I might ask the halfling what we should do. Do we unwrap it? or No, that's a joke. Um. Well, so <laughs> the, the halfling's player has a question for Nate. So... I mean, I don't want to play into Roma slash Tinkerer slash Traveler stereotypes. How often and how common is it for the Hanataz to be effectively pulled into the gray economy? Like, is this kind of a normal thing? Like, here's the job, just do it mafia style. Or are we really children who are freaking out because some stranger just gave a package to my friend and said, hold on to this reward will come your way. Excellent cultural question. For context, there is a 
a local unlicensed tattoo artist uh, working in the carnival because he can do it in the carnival with the Hanataz, but is but it would be illegal for him to do it in the town walls of Nevermore. Luthander, we have the package already. I think the only question is whether or not we are going to try to open it and reseal it without the blue-skinned woman knowing. I think we know we're not going to pass up on the reward now that we already have the criminal activity foisted upon us. Luthander, yeah, I, I agree. Do we open it? I think we should combine this with our movement to the drop site. Maybe when we are in a a darker alley where people can't see us, we can look into opening this package. Excellent well, I idea. Break it. break it open like an egg. It looks like an egg. Could I? Not you at a while. We might Not just hold off on breaking it. Uh, so how, how big? How big is this package? Is it big enough to? Is it small enough that we can put it in a pack? It's large enough that you would it would take up a hand to carry it if you wanted to you know, keep it out, but you could put it in a traveler's pack without too much difficulty. It's heavy, but it's not enough to like weigh you down significantly. I'll put it in my bag. I'll be able to carry it, no problem. I'll keep I think, it safe. I think, our, I think our investigation should be at a different location. But I agree. again, we're, if something goes sideways, they're going to blame us regardless. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that because we're kind of scattered at this point, I don't know how far away Atawale is. You're all still within sight, visual distance of each other. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I just shove it in my backpack and uh, and close the pack. Going back to one of the key characteristics of um, Nevitz, like when his family is in distress, uh, he does tend to notice. Does Moore still have a freaked out look about people who she can't see and don't exist tapping her on the shoulder? Or is she like over it at this point? Or is she still obsessing? Um, Moore is still seated where her and Jericho were earlier when the fight took place, and she's just kind of sitting with her staff in her hands in front of her, trying to look casual, like, oh, <laughs> everything's fine. Um, but she is very jumpy, like any loud noises. She's like immediately looking over her shoulder and like scanning the crowds and. Um, trying not to make eye contact. So she's definitely jumpy and not doing a great job at uh, hiding how panicked she is. I have uh, a question here. Yes. For Nate, does Adewala get another challenger or is he <laughs> is, is, is he done for the day at the restaurant then? Uh, no no signs of anyone eager to step up to the plate well, after you, uh, you threw the guy in the dirt and put on shock. his back and made him mm. cry. Speaking about of Achilles, are you not entertained? <laughs> yes, for real. Speaking of, of this fellow, so I've, I've got his hand in my hand, and I'm patting his hand, and then I I like pull my push, put my hand out, and this like red kind of glowing text starts to form on my hand. I'm like, that's my favorite cuff. I feel strong when I wear it. Maybe it'll make you strong too. Oh, so the man you know, sniff as he. Wipes his nose with the back of his wrist, you know, along to, to gather himself, and then he, he very daintily takes the cuff and slips it over his left wrist. Nevitz leans over to Moore, and he doesn't like being an asshole, but sometimes it comes out anyway. It's like, no way can that guy read. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also questioning this whole arrangement, but it's. I don't know. I mean, who's to say? What could happen? Love? Is it love? Who's to say? Good weather we're having, right? <laughs> Speaking of what could happen, more. give me a perception check. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, darn it. Um, nine. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Kendra, I'm sending you physical dice. <laughs> I have them. I need to find them. So Moore is currently preoccupied with a little catty commentary with, uh, with Nevitz. And so it's not until you hear Bezzy's loud voice shouting like, Oh, yes, Moore, she's right over there. Uh, that you notice that there is a familiar woman in a Harlequin garb who seems to be making a beeline straight towards you, Moore. You notice that it's... it's Kayleene, one of the siblings who works in the Tent of Jest as a contortionist. Uh, 
Yeah, hey, Taylene. I'll kind of just um, scoot closer to Nevitz because I really don't want to talk to anybody right now, but um, she knows I'm here. And Jericho waves like happily, very excited. Me and Taylene are, are besties. As Taylene sees Jericho waving, she gives a smile and then trips, falls forward, does a cartwheel, and then pops back up on her heels uh, with a big grin on her face. I like give this like silent chuckle. Like you can't hear me, but I'm like I'm laughing. But obviously, you know, Luthander <laughs> just says that's that looks a lot like what I did with that kid. Oh my Smooth. god! As Taylene sashays over to where Moore is sitting with Nevitz, puts a hand on her hip as the bells on her jester's hat jingle. Moore, I heard the most diabolical thing about you. Mm-hmm. Do tell. Gossip. A little bird told me, you, sight. More spits on the ground. <laughs> no, I heard it was um, my friend who had the sight, actually. One of the acrobats. You know them. Girlfriend. You, you mean Gr- me? The girlfriend. They're new. Actually, they just joined. Just joined the <laughs> show? Yep. This morning. I. You haven't met them yet? You're really out of the loop. You need to work on your social skills, Taylene. <laughs> that sounds incredibly made up to me. Mm. Taylene, mm. it's been said many times, you are not good at welcoming new people into the troupe. It's it's just fair. <laughs> it doesn't take away from your other that. talents. Yeah. You're very unhospitable. We've said that many of times. Mm. So, where is this friend of yours with the site? Oh, I can... I could go get her and introduce you. That would be wonderful. How about I come with you? (laughs) Oh my god, she's over there! More points to behind Taylene. Make a deception check. (laughs) Can I assist? Boy. How would you assist this? Taylene, we don't have time for more to lead you around right now. We're on mission from from Borag. We we, we must depart. But you can see where she's pointing. So she... Has to look over her shoulder. As soon as she turns her head, I get up and I dart. <laughs> Bolting for it? Okay. I bolt. <laughs> oh, God, she saw it. We, we have to go. I'm sorry, Taylene. And Nevitz just starts running. Edelwallet! Edelwallet jogs over because he's able to keep up with a slight jog. Luthander just shrugs and was like, <laughs> and, and he's like, yep. Also books it. <laughs> Straight four off, people right? just running off in the woods. Yep. Leaving Jericho. Leaving Jericho. With a man who probably can't read. As soon as um we get far enough away from other people uh, and from the carnival, um, I turn to everybody out of breath a little bit because I'm not the most athletic one. Um, okay. All right. Listen. This sight business stays between us. No, I don't have the sight, first of all. It's my friend, the acrobat, who's new to the troop, okay? His girlfriend. The girlfriend. You're right. Second of all, hypothetically, in some twisted world, if I did have the sight, I would close my eyes. So it's not me, okay? Just clarifying uh, that. Well, we pointed out a couple hours ago that you did have it. Nope. Well, you were wrong. Oh, uh, I don't think so, but... Definitely wrong. I'll stay quiet for now. Oh, Luthander's leaning on his stuff looking as relaxed as he can whilst being slightly out of breath as well, uh, and say, uh, just says, so this sight you don't have, is it scary when you don't have it? Um, let's put it this way. I have enough going on, and yesterday I had to deal with all of that. Um, today, you know, I just thought, normal day, just trying to survive. Then things started happening that I would like to be unhappening. So I am more concerned today than I was yesterday. Does that answer your question? That makes me highly concerned about the things that have happened that are not that are related to the site you don't have. Hmm. Hmm. More, hmm. I don't think Luthander or Adewale or Jericho, as he looks back, as I don't know if this uh, flirtation is still ongoing, are going to press you on the issue. I will say we are going to be your friends regardless. But I think the best way for us to get over gossip about 
new abilities that people may or may not have is to fill people with other gossip. If we can find this drop and get some modicum of treasures that the the troop can talk about for the next 24 hours, I think all talk of other rumors might dissipate. That said, if you do want to talk about stuff or not, or mm. talk about stuff that your friends, girlfriends are going through, you know mm. we're always available. I give him like a thing, some finger guns and a little heart appears. <laughs> Above my head. <laughs> Thank you, Nevitz. Um, so we have 24 hours for me to figure out how to deal with this so that I don't have it anymore or fake my own death. So the drops you were thinking of, um, we're going after that. I think there's money or something of value that we can find before we strike camp tomorrow and move away from Nevermore, Evermore. Perfect. And with that, the the Zotis, following the old map that they found the shack, begin the trek through the woods that have been denuded of their leaves by the oncoming winter towards this mysterious drop site. As the... The group of Zotis navigates through the woods. I want everyone to tell me where you are in order of movement, whether you're, you're spread out in a line, kind of like in a gaggle, if one of you is in front leading the trail, and then what you're talking. You have about a mile or so in the, these woods to go following the, the outline of the map. So what are you talking about as your boots are crunching through these dry rotten leaves, and you got those little snowflakes wafting down through the bare branches. Well, whatever we're talking about, Adwall is in front. Can I ask a, actually, let's, can I ask a question of the group at, and out of character? Do you think we'd have our act together enough? Because we've just been kind of roaming around doing random whatever stuff. Que- whatever the question is, no, our act's not together, but please send the question. Well, I'm trying to, like, are we... <laughs> Are we actually getting organized? Do you think we've had enough surprises yet to get organized uh, as far as who's who's in the lead? Or are we just roaming into the woods wondering? I think yes and no. So I I think there's an emotional discussion. that ha- And Adewale and Nevitz have had this pretty regularly. Like Adewale has a protector thing that he does for Nevitz. And he thinks he's stealthy, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and so Nev- Nevitz is like... like I, I, I need you to stay back and protect protect us so no one attacks us from the rear. And I'm going to go forward with Luthander, and we're going to stealth ahead to make sure that when you do attack, you get full surprise. Oh, okay. I'll be the best rear guard ever. So this is kind of what I'm wondering. Like, we'll stealth ahead, assuming I I got my roll of one out of the way. <laughs> Why you got to do? Wait, don't make me knock on wood every time. But yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're taking did, point. So Nevitz wants to be up front with Lathander. Does anyone else want to be up front in the middle, in the back? More secretly hopes that we get lost in the woods and we never have to deal with the site or anything else. So she's just hanging out in the middle. You are the best 16-year-old role player. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So good. Uh, all right. Um, I'm at the Jer- back. Okay. So I, I feel it's Luthander and Nevitz up front. Moore's going to be in the middle, wishing the world away until she's mm. 30. And mm. Jericho and uh, Adewale at the rear. Are we following a path, Nate? Or is it we, just... We have, uh, a, we have a map, right, Nate? Yeah, you yeah. have a map. So you, you have the, old, the map that you found from the, the dead smuggler. Because of the map, you're able to see where it looks like through broken branches and a little bit of light foot traffic. There is a, a clear winding pathway through the woods that once you know what you're looking for, you are able to follow without difficulty. I just want to point out here that I don't know if we're anywhere near where the bear ran off to, but Adewale, since we're in the woods, is keeping an eye out for that bear or any bears per se. He really wants to wrestle a bear. And I mean, so Nevitz will whisper to Luther as we're up front. Uh, Luthander, your eyes are better than mine. Keep a look at if we do see anybody, if they might have that tattoo of the, the skull with the with the barley. Luthander says nothing, nothing slips or gets past my attention unless it's a blue mermaid uh, pirate. They're very, very sneaky, but other than that, nothing. And 
Nate, when we know somewhere along the halfway point to what we think the drop location is, if if there's a secluded area, Nevitz would like to intimate for um, Luthander to pull aside so we might inspect the package, make decisions on whether or not we want to open it or not. At least have that discussion. Like it. And like pull pull the party in. All right. And so you don't hear anything disturbing. You can hear the the shouts and cheers and all the people enjoying the carnival, you know, quite blissfully unaware of your presence. And the only thing you hear from the south, other than the wind going through these bare, the bare branch of the trees, is the, the occasional little call out of birdsong. Does it sound like bird, actual birdsong? So, Lathander, since you ask, make a perception. We trust I would also nothing. like to say I have my speak with animals. So, cause, yeah. So if they're talking uh, shit, I know. Uh, twenty-four. Twenty-four. All right. So, uh, so as you are looking out, you because know, you, you hear all these strange uh, sounds in the woods, and of course it's it's winter, and the the forest is all quiet and and dead with the, the grass fallow, and so it's a little bit eerie. And so as you keep an eye out for any signs of something unusual, you just so happen. To spot uh, up in the like very tip tip top of one of the still green uh, pine trees, you spot a rare red crown hawk, big beautiful bird that is you know, well known as a hunting raptor uh, across West Verdestia. I'm gonna make a hawk noise. Let's say make that hawk noise. <coughs> so the, the the hawk turns to you <laughs> with its gleaming red eyes and replies back. I looked to the, um, the animal speaker. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. What am I saying? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, okay. What is? I approach to the front of the group to listen to this bird. What it has to say. So are you? You're casting your speak with animal spell. Could you describe that for us, please, more? Um, I ritual cast because it's the same day as the bear, right? Today's. Yep. Yes, same day. Yes. Yeah, so does oh, it last okay. that long? Yeah, I thought I did. Anyway, so yeah. Um. I will look up at the hawk, and um, you see more mutter um, and incantation under her breath as her eyes glow a little bit more golden, and she casts speaks with animals. More, you speak your incantations, which, of course, because you're ritually casting it, takes ten full minutes. So mm. the, the hawk is just sitting there, eerily still, staring at the group of you as you, you wait. And so in this ten-minute time of more gathering the, the ever-flow within her, feeling the Zayathus go through her body as she touches the powers that made the world and reality itself. What's everyone else doing while you, you wait for her to, to get this magic juice going? Uh, Nevitz, I think, uh, unless there's an immediate threat, while we would take a look at this, uh, this package while that's happening. Yep. I'm making bird noises still. Please do. Nevitz wants to ask after the fact, like, is Jericho actually saying anything or is it just gibberish more? But, but that, that, that's for a later time. Yes. Would we, are these hawks generally attached to a hunter as the only, or do they live in the wild or are they? Oh, yeah. So they, so they are, so they, they do live in the wild, uh, but they are quite prized as a, a regal hunting bird. So as a bird of prey, like if someone was an exceptionally fancy noble falconer, like they might have one of these domesticated, but you'd normally see some sign of of a, a ring or a tag that would would label it as such that you you don't see present on this one. And would we know? Would there be anything unusual to us uh, seeing one in the wild at this time of year? That's a great question. You can answer with a nature check. Six. Six. It is. It is the most bird-looking bird you have ever seen, Lathander. This is an incredibly bird-like bird up in the cool. tree. Edwalde is drawing in the snow and dirt with his great sword, and just doodling. He doodles a picture of the bird. Doesn't look very good, but Nevitz places the the package on the ground mm-hmm. between himself and Jericho and um, and Lathander. It looks like it's only tied with ropes. I don't. Um, it's a really tight corded string, so it's been. It's been knotted expertly. You can tell that whoever tied this package together knows their way around knots uh, as if they have lived a life on the sea, perhaps. 
but it's it's very tight and the knotting is intricate and it's hard to say with a casual look if there's some sort of pattern or signifier there someone would know if you've disturbed the knots I like knots can I look at the knots Nevitz pulls out a wallet and Jericho and Luthander down while Moore is concentrating on her ritual spell and just says I want all of us to look at this knot exactly and then I think Luthander you have the most deft hands if if someone is to unknot it without breaking the string, I think it would be you. And we will all help you put it back in the exact same way that it was knotted before. I don't know what that is, Nate. I don't know if that's a perception or an intelligence or a wisdom for us to like see exactly what the knot is. Uh, I suspect it'd be a sleight of hand or something uh, for yes, Lathander to do it. So, Be- Before that, can I do an investigation? That's one of my... Yes, indeed. Oh, is that... Is that no, more of your yeah? Is that, that is that is something that is levered in your intelligence to see if there's a puzzle involved here. Okay, so we roll investigation check. Eighteen. Eighteen. <clears throat> he was doomed. Uh, yeah. And so it does appear that whoever tied this left the knots in something that looks like a code. That the knots are conspicuously sp- spaced in a certain order and sequence. That if the string was just cut and retied would be exceptionally difficult to replicate. Okay. It's going to be hard for us to reopen, is the short version of that. Or open and reclose. But do. It's not, not impossible. But as uh, as Lathander is examining this package there, with the, the snow falling around you through the, these dead and quiet winter woods, more feels the Everflow fill her ribs as your mind subtly clicks into place and you can now hear what the animals around you are saying. And the the, the bird, a, a red-crowned hawk atop the pine, looks down at you with its beady red eyes and, and repeats, ah, ah. Um, I speak back to it in hawk. Excuse me? And you see the the <laughs> bird tilt its head with, with almost like a little click as its eyes stare at you the red glistening in the, the midday sun as it calls out again. Do I hear any other chattering from any of the animals around me? Uh, yep, you can hear that nearby there are some some squirrels who are, are busily trying to discuss where best to hide their winter stash. You hear some songbirds looking to find ways to nestle down for the winter. There's a particularly obstreperous fox is uh, digging around for a family of mice underneath a, a rooted tree as the mice uh, are, are quickly trying to come up with a scheme to dig their way out the backside. All of nature is a chatter around you, but the hawk still indecipherable. More, more. What does it, what does it say? Um, Moore's going to try to discreetly take out her dagger and throw it at the bird, but blunt edge so it doesn't stab it but just knock it out of the tree. Alright, go make the roll roll, uh, throw dagger. Okay. Ooh, an eight. So the, so you flick the dagger up and as it, uh, it flies past, you see that the, the spinning of the blade arc through the air, you know, the flash against the metal in the, in the sunlight and the the bird lets out a, a, a almost like indignant as it flaps to to move away, and as it does, uh, you happen to see what looks like a mechanical joint holding its wings to its body. As the bird picks up and makes a swooping arc around you with one last before flying off to the east. Seeing more throw a dagger and miss, Nevis would love to try to get off one shot with a firebolt. Okay, please do. Go, adding six to this. 14 on the die, 20 to hit. 20 to hit? Okay, so uh, roll damage. 1d10 fire. Got you. Four points. The fire arcs from Nevitz's fingertips, hitting the bird as, as it uh, makes its flight away from you, and you, you hear it sizzle a bit. It doesn't let out a cry of pain like an animal would. It doesn't seem to otherwise notice the attack, uh, but you do see as it flaps off this ball of melted wax 
and a small clockwork gear droop out of it from where the fire touched and land with a splot in the cold dirt uh, nearby. A spy? We're being watched. Mm. I'm quite a specimen to look at. (laughs) (laughs) And so modest. (laughs) Uh, I I, I think Nevitz would look to Luthander. Do you think you can actually untie this and retie it? Or is it a risk not worth taking? Is that something as part of the investigation role, Nate, that I could judge the relative difficulty of retying? Yeah, so that's a great question. So if you tell from your investigation that getting this code exactly right would be very hard, getting it's a rough approximation of it that wouldn't hold up to close scrutiny is doable, but it's but if you wanted to perfectly replicate this with, with no sense of, of error or deception, it's going to be tough because you're not quite sure what the code specifically is. I, I'd say to Nevis, it's going to be really hard to get right. If there's another way for us to work out what it is, I think we should... Lysander, can you point to that part of the rope that does not include the code? I have the ability to mend the rope, so we can cut it on a non coded portion and I can remend it back to where it was. If, if uh-huh. there's any if there's any spaces in the code if that makes sense. Moore's gonna look at this package that this is the first time she's seen this and she's gonna look to these two plotters and um, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh uh this is really your your bag, Lysander. Go ahead and tell her how we got into this situation. So as you lean against your staff I am leaning on my staff. That is absolutely true. Thank you for the reminder. As I lean casually on my staff, I say, so I was keeping watch and somehow a blue mermaid pirate lady snuck up Mm. without me seeing her and threw this package at me and said, if we keep it safe, don't open it and don't look at it, well, you know, don't open it, same thing. Uh, We get a reward, it's going to be picked up tomorrow. And you're choosing to not listen to this mysterious mermaid pirate lady in favor of opening it and going against her wishes and, you know. Yeah, exactly. When you could just... It's a good plan, right? Jericho's, like, Mm. squatting down next to the package and studying it intently. Looking at the knots and such, trying to memorize them. Should I roll something for that? Please do, yeah, roll an investigation. Okay. So, is there a spot that I could point for, you know, Nevitt's benefit that there is no apparent code? Yep, there is a, there's a gap in the, the knots. Okay, good. 14. 14, so, you, so Jericho can definitely tell that someone, whoever did this, did it very deliberately precisely and it's far from the first time they've done this, this is a something practiced that they've that they've done specifically to notify them of tampering and can can we uh, is there someone in the group that can check for any magic in the rope I could but that would mean <laughs> I would condone this and I think an easy payout <laughs> trumps whatever's in this box because you know the famous saying, Curiosity. Can anyone finish it? Curiosity killed the the Hanatas. Exactly. (laughs) Makes us money. That said, as the old adage says, trust a townie, get stabbed in the back. So I I just don't want us to be the fall guy for some crime. If we get paid, we get paid and it's fine. I mean, we don't have to. Technically speaking, Nevitz, would a pirate be considered a townie? Thank you, sir. Finally, some sense in this yeah, I'm not, I'm, Sense? I don't know what that means. But <sighs> on the on the assumption that a pirate can be a townie, that pirate would have to be a legal pirate employed by the government. Mm-hmm. In which case, I do not believe this vagrant is. Oops, sorry, I don't know what happened there. No, I, I, well, I, I, am bo- I am both frustrated and very happy that you continue to read my books. So this is good. This is good. Um, <laughs> and you have a 13 intelligence, so you're just, you only play so dumb. More, I'm, I'm willing to hear you out. I do believe we put ourselves 
at an unknown level of risk by not knowing what deal we're carrying out. And I just don't want a bunch of Hanatas to be the fall for some pirate scheme. Okay. Jericho's over by the gear that's on the ground covered in wax. She's huh? she's looking at that. Taking a look, see. Ooh, make an arcana check. Oh, okay. That's a nat 20. <laughs> Whoa! Ooh, 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 ooh. First, uh, let's go. Yeah, so <laughs> it looks like who, whoever built this thing built it very carefully to be a near exact indistinguishable copy of a natural creature, uh, and yet it's still a completely artificial construct that this thing has no mechanical means of propulsion. It is entirely a thing of magic that's been crafted quite deliberately by someone of fairly significant sorceress skill. Do I know anybody around here that's a sorcerer? Uh, so there are, so there's plenty of people within the troop who show some magical talent, but no one with this level of sophistication, especially to, to build something that a, a, is a construct that can mimic a living creature is far beyond anything the Blue Veil troop has seen in an age. I vote we ignore the bird. It was fascinating to look at, but I want to look at the well. Okay. I'm pocketing that gear. Mm. Okay. So slide it in one of your little pouches in your costume. I'm going to interpret Ade's um, vote as that he does not want to look at the package. I, for one, do want to look at the package. I think Lathander is with me. I do believe mm-hmm. we should allow for the group to decide. I feel you and are against it more. Adewale will pull out his greatsword, twirl it, and stab it in the ground uh, pretty aggressively, might I add. No matter what's in this package, I I will be the meat shield, per se, as I am called sometimes, to protect all of you from any kind of danger that comes our way because of it. Told you, Ede, we are not going to give you the nickname Meat Shield no matter how many times you push this on us. <laughs> out of, oh, wait, out of curiosity, how, how invested is Jericho right now in the back-and-forth debate? Um, I- As the tie-breaking vote. <laughs> I want to know specifically how much is Jericho paying attention to the squabble of the, the fo- other four zaddies? I don't think she is. I think I think she's just making animal noises. Great. Roll a perception check. Oh, okay. And that is 13. It's a 14. Uh, 15. 15. So, so Jericho, having not really focused on... You know, the debate between Adewale, Moore, Nevitz, and Lathander. Uh, you're the one who spots what they going through some of the the remaining bramble and underbrush, a, a figure that seems to be darting towards the direction of the old well. I'll look towards everybody and be like, well, pointing at the person over there to kind of be like, hey. Should he'll, Adewale will put his greatsword back on his back or on his hip. Is Adewale big enough to have a greatsword on his hip without it, like, dragging profusely on the ground? I'll play your game. Is Adewale big <laughs> enough to have a greatsword on his hip? I don't know. I don't know. May I? <laughs> you know what? We'll say that this greatsword is a normal greatsword size. This is pretty much probably about a little bit longer than a longsword for Adewale. So, yes, it is. I think based on Jericho's warning, though, I think Nevitz would look to Ada and say, pick up the package and then look to Luthander and say, sprint ahead. And like, yeah, he wants to uh, he wants to beeline in that direction at the front of the party with everyone else following in our former walking. At a while, they'll put the pa- uh, the package thing in his bag, put it over his shoulder or well, however he wants carries it, preferably not a school backpack, but a satchel nonetheless. And. Can I run ahead, Nevit? Oh, we're, we've already. You spent we, two minutes putting that thing in a bag, as far as I can tell. So we're, well yeah, we're off. No, uh, stel- stel- as stealthy as possible. We're, we're trying to catch this person. Yes. So Nevit asked you to secure it while he and Luthander ran ahead, and then yeah, he expects I got the rest that. Of the I got that. I'm asking yeah, about yeah. Jericho and more. Oh. I would have stayed with you. I'm trying to just drag this out. So. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to like what I'm about to do. Just avoiding people. 
As soon as the party like heads in that direction, I'm going to start going that way, but like, I'm waiting for everybody to go first. Like, they need to, I'm slinking behind them. Assuming we're in a rush, Edwall is normally one to ask permission to do things against other people's wills. How fast can he run carrying two people? Probably not very fast. Shoot. Darn. <laughs> Snap dragons. Um, okay. Shoot. He's going to look at more in Jericho and say, you two oh, go ahead. I'll catch up. I'll give you a head start. So with that, it sounds like that uh, Nevitz and Lathander are the first ones to get to the end of the trail then. Yeah. So you see that, uh, that where this trail suddenly ends is in the center of this small meadow that's been overrun with moss and lichen and some, some low-lying shrub. You see that uh, looks like there was some large stone foundation here at one time, replete with this partially fallen-in chimney and that signifies there was a homestead here at some point in the fairly distant past. And there's creepers and vines that have come over the structure that are still, they're vivid green you know, with everything else dead around it. Uh, and you see near the foundation, the round stone remains of this lichen-covered well. And uh-huh. sitting at the edge of the well, kicking her feet uh, in the air, don't be, is Fezzi. Damn it. Uh. <laughs> Smiling cheerfully at you as she has a little paper bag of roasted humber nuts from the, the treats wagon that she's eating one by one. Vesi did not see the map, right? Like She, we saw, she we, totally saw the map. She was the one who, uh, who asked, uh, asked Adewale if it was a treasure map. And Adewale specifically told her, you cannot go to the well. Vesi, did you see anyone besides us on your approach? She shakes her head for a moment and then pauses, thinks as she chews on another salted humber nut, then she slowly nods. Who else did you see, Vesey? Oh, well, so it's kind of hard to explain because Mother Salvenza has been trying to teach me how to, to use it, but I didn't see see them, but I saw some people in the well. She was another humber nut from the bag. You saw them through your sight? Her eyes brighten as she nods eagerly. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's exactly how I saw them. As the the rest of the crew slowly catches up to where Lathander and Nevitz are. Uh, Nevitz kind of opens his body so that uh, she's an- Vezzi is answering the entire group. What was their disposition? Were they undead, frightened, uh, angry, mournful? Oh, the, the man down there is very frightened. But a, a living man you saw. For now. He's going to die, though. Can I insight check to see if something seems off here? And uh, sure I can. In, insight away. Vezzy attacks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, eleven. <laughs> you sense no subterfuge from Vezzy. Vezzy, st- stand away from the well um, while we invest. She gets up a little, a little sad sigh. Okay, okay. I, I know. Out of while I said I'm not supposed to go in the well, but. Can I wait for you to come out? Is the well, the the image we've got of the well looks like it's filled in. It's partially collapsed in, but it looks like uh, at least somebody has been going in and out of it for a little bit. There's one side of it where the, the, the lichen shows signs of, okay. of handprints and footprints. I'm going to peek my head over the edge of the well and make a bird sound. Scree! <laughs> and, uh, and as that sound uh, echoes down through the well... Uh, you, you hear it just going, and then after about a moment, you hear a, a, a faint echo coming back. God help me, me. That's where we'll end for the week. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll pick up there next time to see if the Zatis are able to help someone outside of their own. I vote to leave them. Second. I mean, we 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 just found out it's not Zadi. We walk away. <laughs> <laughs> not us, yeah. Not our problem.
Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on Visions Veiled and Violent, a D&D actual play of Gooey Cube's darkest dream adventure from the Red Rising campaign. All of the artwork, names, locations and characters from the dark world of Zayathe are the sole property of Gooey Cube and used with permission. Check out all their maps, adventures and other original content at gooeycube.com. A special thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing the fantastic music that accompanied this episode. As ever, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please like, rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And if you really enjoyed what you heard, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at the $3 tier. Your support keeps the torches lit and the dice rolling, ensuring that our adventures continue to unfold. And remember, you don't know the burdens others have carried to arrive at your gaming table. So be kind, safe travels until next week when we return to Visions Veiled and Violent.